Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. live a life that honors Jesus if I refuse the most essential part. His forgiveness is linked to my forgiveness. There is no, there's no wiggle room. There's no escape route from that. It is what it is. And so again, what comes, who comes to your mind with that? Who, who comes to your mind that you need to forgive? That's the third sort of component of the culture of honor. Forgive both ways. Ask His forgiveness and forgive others. Always be willing to forgive. As a servant of Jesus, you've been forgiven. Understand that grace and salvation that He's given you and go out and offer it to others. Today, Elizabeth reminds you that Jesus forgave when there was no reason to. With Him as your center, there's no excuse for you to not do the same for others. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth as they continue their message, A Culture of Honor. She was so wise and it didn't have any of the names people give these kind of exercises today. It was just her asking me to close my eyes and and try to see Jesus on the cross looking at me. And, And she was wise because she knew me well enough that if she dared me, I would do it. If she pitied me, I wouldn't. But but she was like, You're a coward. You've done so many crazy things in your life and you won't even look up at Jesus on the cross. And I was like, All right, then. And it was really like expecting the worst, expecting the worst. And instead, I, I don't know how to explain it, but, I, but I, when I take others through a similar exercise, something happens when in our spirit we try to see Jesus. And, and I just knew that he looked at me not with anything that I expected at all. It was the first time in my life I saw unadulterated love, like love that wasn't lustful, love that wasn't put on... It was real. Like, I just knew that it was real. I I can still, 30 years later, remember exactly what that looked like. And the most surprising part of that was there was this sense that he actually liked me, and like Jesus liked me. Kind of like Sally Field, like, you like me? And it was just such a shock. Like, I was, I was disarmed. I was unprepared for that. So when Jesus, that night, when, when now 30 years later, I'm like, but I was right in doing what I did, my righteous indignation, and Jesus was like, where are you now? Can we go back to that night when you remembered how dirty you were, and I looked at you, and you had no rocks to throw? You know, it was just this. He actually, he actually, when he's like, remember your first love and repent of leaving it, that was where that night brought me to where all of a sudden I'm the one ready to cast stones because it needs to be done. And, and it was like, ooh, how far I've come from that night when I couldn't even lift my eyes. 
And so, so the culture of honor, remember and repent. It really, you cannot live in an, it. Even if your environment around you was full of this honor, this attitude that we're trying to describe, but you did not do that in yourself, you couldn't participate in it. You couldn't benefit. You, it's your heart that where, the, where this is cultivated. The, everybody else could do it well, but if you don't, you will miss out from that. And when that happens, like when, when I remember that that night, all I can do is fall on my face. And it's like, Jesus, what have I become? Like, how did I go? I'm so sorry. You forgave me. And, and here I am ready to like throw mental rocks at, at the apple of your eye, one of your kids. John 1, 9 and 10 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sins, we make him a liar and his word it isn't in us. So, so that night recently, when, I, when all of this was swirling in me and I was grasping for that culture of honor, I remembered that I know I've come to trust that even though I don't understand it, he does forgive, he does cleanse. But then he reminded me, I, there's one step further here. That is true. You need to confess and I will forgive you and cleanse you. But there's one more thing here. And so in Matthew 6, he says what that is. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought I needed to be forgiven. And he was like, it's intertwined here. Is you're only coming halfway, I will forgive you, but you have to forgive also. You have to forgive the one you felt so righteous, indignant against. You have to forgive before you can even begin to see this clearly. I cannot live a life that honors Jesus if I refuse the most essential part. His forgiveness is linked to my forgiveness. There is no, there's no wiggle room. There's no escape route from that. It is what it is. And so again, what comes, who comes to your mind with that? Who, who comes to your mind that you need to forgive? That's the third sort of component of the culture of honor. Forgive both ways. Ask his forgiveness and forgive others. And, and it's, you know, we know it's easier said than done. It's one of those things that, um, I don't know, I, I think a lot of times we get so focused on what the other person has done and somehow we think we're holding them accountable with with our unforgiveness or or in some cases we misunderstand and and think that it's about the emotion you know I have people say to me I, I, I just can't I can't forgive them but what what they're actually saying is is either you know that the emotion is still so big or they, you know, maybe confuse forgiveness with trust. And it's not about emotion. I mean, there was somebody in my past, you know, going back to when I first got saved, you know, like 35 years ago or whatever. There was a more than that even. And, and it, was, it was a really, really big deal. And the anger didn't go away toward that person for a while, like years but every time, every time I would think about what happened, the anger would, would come up and I would give it back to God. I forgive them. I, I'm, 
you know, and, and I, I had to work through that. It, it, it took time. Now, I didn't deal with the trust issue because the person was dead, had been dead for years. So that would, trust was kind of irrelevant, right? They're no longer around. But even if they'd been around, forgiveness doesn't mean that I have to trust. Sometimes it's unwise to trust a person. If, even if it's a, you know, brother, sister in the Lord, if, if you know they're still struggling in a, in a particular area, they're not completely victorious, completely free in, in that area, well, then you would be unwise to trust them in that area until they've demonstrated consistently over a period of time that they are walking in freedom in that, in that particular area. You know, if you're in a situation where you're not safe, where, where you're in physical danger, you know, then, you know, that, that danger persists. Well, you're still called to forgive the person. But wisdom also dictates, and, and, the, and the, the Lord would say, remove yourself from the danger. It's not that forgiving means you, you have to leave yourself in a, in a vulnerable, in a, you know, in a dangerous position, in a, in a place of, of, of danger. Proverbs 27, 12, um, and this is the New American Standard Version, but it says, a prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. Going back to this idea of, of a culture of honor, remember, repent, forgive, and, and then hide from evil. Remove yourself from the presence of evil. It, it is honorable for all involved to prevent the sin from continuing. You know, to turn a blind eye to adultery it may be tolerant, but it's not loving, and neither is it honorable. So is there a situation you need to remove yourself from? John chapter 8, verse 10 says, When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. After these cleansing steps are taken, sin still has to be addressed. You know, what I alluded to earlier, um, even in our fallen, messed up world, there's a place for mercy within the justice system. One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus, Pastor Robert, and his wife Elizabeth, a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front, as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. 
but today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.